At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's happening, folks? Welcome to it. Time for another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here, as always, getting you prepped for tonight's action. We've got a couple of baseball games with our hometown teams, the Cubbies and the White Sox, starting new series and hopefully new streaks in the W column, at least. And uh, we've got Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Can the Tampa Bay Lightning finally notch a W under their belt? Or is it going to be Colorado all the way? We'll discuss all of that and plenty more here on the show. Uh, How'd your weekend go? Hope it was a good one for all of you out there. I uh, soaked in plenty of sun, maybe a little bit too much getting out there and golfing this past weekend. But it was good. Got to spend some time with the fam, obviously. And uh, yeah, looking forward to another week of betting. Picking it up in baseball a little bit and uh, looking to keep going in uh, the W column ourselves in that regard. So uh, hopefully we can do that tonight. Again, we'll talk about the Cubs and the Sox, but also another game since it's uh, a little bit slower content wise at this point without NBA. And like I said, we'll get into plenty of football kind of once we wrap up with the Stanley Cup finals. That's when we'll be going fully in depth. With all the offseason stuff, naturally being division odds, win totals, those player awards, I've been getting pretty excited to jump into Coach of the Year and Comeback Player of the Year award because those ones, not 100% narrative-driven, of course, but you kind of get a little bit more of a uh, of a leverage, I guess you could say, to look at one guy 
versus another. So those awards, I, I feel like, really excite me compared to a lot of others. So I've already been eyeing a few people for each, respectively. So excited to get into that uh, sooner rather than later, more than likely. But we're hoping the Lightning extend the series because we need that over five and a half, baby. So we're hoping for a Lightning win tonight. Let's kick things off, however, with baseball. Cubbies tonight, 6.05 p.m. Central Time start out in Pittsburgh against the Pirates. He got Caleb Killian, who uh, did not treat us well the last outing against San Diego when four innings pitched, a lot of five hits, five earned runs, five walks, no strikeouts. And if you recall, the Cubbies dropped that game 19-5. to So he will be starting for the Cubs. His other only outing this year was against St. Louis, where he went five innings, allowed three hits, three earned runs, and six strikeouts. I thought Killian had some pretty decent stuff against the Cardinals, and uh, I can't remember, what was it, Weathers, who was going out for San Diego that start. He had been a mess, so I figured Killian had a little bit more hope as opposed to Weathers, but clearly that was not the case. Although the Cubs did put on runs early, uh, they clearly did not put up as much as San Diego did. So his numbers look like this. And again, it's not the largest sample size, but he is 0-1 with an 8-flat ERA. He's got a 4.46 FIP. He's walking at this point 7 batters per 9 innings compared to just 6 strikeouts per 9 innings, which uh, you usually want more strikeouts than walks. He's got a whip of 1.67 and a Sierra, a skill interactive ERA of 6.21. But again, I don't know what to expect out of this kid. I'm not saying I'm going to trust him. I'm not going to back the Cubs in this spot. But you would think maybe if there's a good opportunity for him, it would be against the Pirates. And they're throwing out JT Brubaker. The righty himself has not been that solid. He's 0-7 with a 4.50 ERA, 4.38 FIP, 12.2% home run to fly ball ratio, 144 on his whip. And a Sierra of 4.19. So nothing's blowing you away with Brubaker, that's for sure. And at home, his numbers have actually been a lot worse. 504 ERA, 349 Woba, weighted on base average, and a 5.53 FIP. So yeah, at PNC, the dude has been rough. He has gone up against the Cubbies twice this season, so the familiarity is for sure there. Uh, the first outing at Chicago went three innings, allowed three hits, two runs, four strikeouts. And they won 4-3. to three. But then the Cubbies actually bounced back against the Pirates and Brubaker when 5.2 innings pitched, allowed 6 hits, 6 runs, 10 strikeouts. But the Pirates did fall to the Cubs 7-0. Now, he's actually been decent in some outings. I'm sure that's what's been frustrating if you're a Pirates fan and have been looking to back him or fade him, whatever it may be. He can have a pretty good outing here and there. We've seen it happen if you look at his game log. The issue is, when can you bank on that occurring? Is it just completely random, or is it going to be against teams that aren't any good, kind of like the Cubbies? The Cubbies against righties this year, 698 OPS, 298 Babbitt, 309 Woba, and a 96 WRC+. Nothing horrid, but nothing that would make me want to bet them. At PNC Park this year, just overall, their numbers get worse. They got a 666 OPS, 256 BABIP, 293 WOBA, and an 87 WRC+. So the Cubbies have not fared well on the road against Pittsburgh this season. Well, what about the Pirates numbers? We know they're going against Killian. 
We know Killian, I guess, well, actually, we don't know what the hell to expect against Killian, except for the fact that it's not been that great. But against righties, the Pirates, 643 OPS, 274 BABIP, 286 WOBA, and an 83 WRC+. Plus. Gross, gross, gross. However, their numbers do get fairly better versus righties when they are hitting at home. The weather, well, the wind's blowing in. And it's not the hottest day at PNC Park. Do you think there could be a lot of runs though? With these unstable pitchers? Or do you think, hey, the weather's not going to help. The bats are, eh. Probably not going to be an exciting game. How can you really handicap this one with two crap teams, two unknown pitchers, and bats that, for the most part, just don't come alive? You would think the under, but again, these pitchers... Who the hell knows? The bullpen, not good for either. Pittsburgh, 4-1-5 ERA in their bullpen with a whip of 1.32. The Cubs are second to last in bullpen ERA, 4.72, and then a whip of 1.35. Now, personally, when I was looking to open my line, where would I set this line at? I did make Pittsburgh a small favorite. I put a minus 115, and then I gave the Cubbies minus 105, I put the total at 8.5. I do lean toward this being a lower scoring affair because just these bats are nothing consistent or powerful. So I made it 8.5 thinking that, well, 8.5 I guess more, so let me rephrase this. 8.5 is kind of like your safe point because when you hit 9, that's when you start thinking this is going to be runs coming in a decent amount, of course. When you hit eight, you're like, ooh, this could be a lower score. Like eight and a half is kind of, I don't know why, but just that eight to nine, right in the middle, eight and a half is your, I don't know. It really could go either way. And that's the situation because you don't know if the pitchers are going to implode or the bullpen too. You don't know if you can trust these bats, which one is going to make the bigger impact. Is it going to be the pitchers stinking or is it going to be the bats being poor? So that's why eight and a half is almost my safe zone for making this total to where it's like, I don't have a strong thought, but personally, I would gravitate a little bit more toward this being lower scoring than a bundle of runs. Now the opening lines at Bat Rivers did have Pittsburgh as a slight favorite, such as my line did. However, the Pirates at minus 109 and the Cubbies at minus 106. Remember, I had minus 115 and minus 105. They made the total at eight for this game so not too far off i mean again i opened eight in the hook and leaned toward it going under more so so you're at eight all right where are the lines currently though that's a big question where has the market moved since these lines have opened for this spot well pittsburgh at bet rivers now minus 108 the cubbies minus 107 barely some movement towards chicago total still at eight the juice is on the over, minus 118. The unders even money. I mean, with this total at 8, and because of these pitchers and bullpens, yeah, it's only going to move up, you'd figure. Run line, by the way, if you want to lay the run in the hook with the Cubbies, minus, or excuse me, plus 150. Taking a run in the hook with the Pirates is minus 190. That's what they have listed in the main screen at Bet Rivers. I don't want to touch this game. I really don't. But I think if I were doing anything, I would go Pirates. I would. I mean, at home against righties, their numbers do get a, a lot better. 
I just don't know what the hell to expect out of Killian. And if you're Brubaker, you're 0-7. This is your opportunity to get a dub against this young guy who's an unknown commodity, against his Cubs team that is struggling. Even though they did take two out of three at home against Atlanta, how the hell they did that? Who knows? But that's baseball, baby. The Pirates, by the way, have just two wins in their last five games. I don't want to do anything with the total, again, because who the hell knows with these pitchers? But if I have to make a top play recommendation, and I'm not saying I'm betting this, folks. I'm just trying to give out a strong lean in case anybody does want to get involved. I would probably give a little bit more boost on the side of Pittsburgh. You get a veteran pitcher in Brubaker who you would hope could handle a situation like this. But do we think Killian actually has a chance to bring some heat to the table? I don't know, man. We haven't seen it really. The Cardinals game was solid, right? Very good. Maybe you get a little bit of extra juice for your Major League Baseball debut. But then San Diego, you're like, oh my goodness. And guess what? The Padres weren't that good at hitting righties. They exposed him. Padres exposed the Cubs in every game that series. I get it. The Pirates ain't the Padres. But the Pirates' bats can come alive when you need them to. Late in games. That's also the issue. Even if it's a close game, even if the Cubs are up by one or two runs, there's a big chance that they blow it. And the Pirates' bats can come alive in the latter stages of this game. So the small lean for me goes to Pittsburgh. Ultimately, not going to get involved in this one. The game that I am very tempted to get involved with, haven't done it yet, but this one's more intriguing to do so, is, of course, than the White Sox and the Blue Jays. White Sox took one out of three in Houston. It's a shame they couldn't get the one last night, but they did expose Verlander, so good to see them hitting against the righty. And tonight, you're getting another look at Lance Lynn. All right, Lance Lynn, his, uh, his, his, his returning start, it wasn't pretty, but it got the job done, and that's all you needed to do, right? You know, dust off the rust if you're Lance Lynn at Detroit when just 4.1 innings pitched, allowed 10 hits, but only surrendered three runs, four strikeouts. The White Sox won 9-5 to that game. Overall in his career, Lynn is 1-3 with a 4.21 ERA and nine career appearances against Toronto, including eight starts. Now, again, don't really take this into account, but I'm just throwing it out there. So these are his numbers that we would typically go over, but Lynn only has one start this year. But his ERA is 6.23, 2.31 whip, 4.28 FIP, and a 3.64 Sierra. So I think this is a okay spot for Lance Lynn. I mean, I love Lance Lynn. I love backing him. If there's a pitcher you can trust at this point in the White Sox, you would hope it would be Lance Lynn, all right? The concern is, yeah, you got your first one out of the mix, right? You know, you came back, you went against the Tigers. That's a great team to go up against. The Blue Jays are a different animal. I mean, they're coming off a tough series against the Yankees where they just dropped two out of three. And the wind is blown out a little bit to left field. It's going to be a hotter day here in the Windy City. Now, the Blue Jays aren't just mauling righties, but they're doing really well. 737 OPS, 290 Babbitt, 323 Woba, and a 109 WRC+. However, their numbers do get slightly worse on the road. But let's be honest, the Blue Jays are the Blue Jays. They'll find a way to win. They can in any situation. The White Sox, not so much. I know they've been doing a little bit better, but folks, as we all know, 
The White Sox thrive against lefties, best in the league, okay? Against righties, they're terrible. But it gets insanely worse at guaranteed rate field against righties, which makes no sense. But my goodness, look at these numbers for the White Sox at home versus righties. 580 OPS. 242 batting average of balls in play. 260 weighted on base average and a 69 WRC+. How do you manage to do that against the most common-handed pitcher you're going to see at your home ballpark with the lineup you have? You're telling me this team's a World Series contender and they got a 69-weighted runs created plus against righties at home? Give me a break. What are you doing? It's pathetic. Man. The good news for the White Sox, so it looks like Anderson should be activated from the injured list today. Apparently, that's what Tony LaRusso was saying. So maybe that could provide some spark. But the Blue Jays are throwing out Jose Barrios out there, righty, 5-2, 465 ERA, 124 whip, 445 FIP, 13% home run to fly ball ratio in a Sierra of 403. Nothing good for Barrios, really. On the road, he's got an ERA of 5.97 a WOBA of 358 and a 477 FIP. So he's worse on the road than he is at home. He's 12 and 5 though. So this is interesting. You, you really can't trust him in my opinion. It helps that you're on a good team in Toronto. His numbers aren't anything impressive though. But what's impressive is he is 12 and 5 with a 3.12 ERA in 21 career starts against the White Sox. His highest win total against any opponent. Only the White Sox, folks. Only the White Sox. This, because of that, and I get that every game, every season, every team is unique in its own situation. That's a pretty decent sample size, and we already know the White Sox struggle against righties. If Lance Lynn just needed to kind of get that one game under his belt, this seems like, despite the wind blowing out, it's really just going to left, not blowing out to left, but coming across the outfield from right to left. This seems like it could be a lower-scoring game. It's scary to want to do that with the Blue Jays, but we know the White Sox struggle against righties and then some at home. In Lance Lynn, yeah, he gave up 10 hits against the Tigers, but his first start this season at guaranteed rate, maybe he does well enough. You know, limits them, maybe three runs or so. White Sox tack on one or two against Barrios. I open this one, despite the pitching advantage, theoretic, uh, theoretically it should go to the White Sox. You just don't really know right now. And because of just, the ability for Toronto to expose any team in any given situation, especially a team like the White Sox. I did make the Blue Jays a favorite. I made a minus 120. I put the White Sox at plus 110. And again, I'm making the total here at eight and a half. Can the Blue Jays just dominate Lynn if he's allowing 10 hits against the Tigers and does something similar against the Blue Jays? The Blue Jays will actually drive those runs in. So eight and a half is my number. Because maybe the White Sox can get to Toronto. Their bats have been a little bit better. But overall, again, they've just stunk it up at home against righties. So I don't know which one's going to come through. And the wind blowing out a little bit. Hot day. Certainly does help the case for the over. But again, I made it 8.5. Bet Rivers opened Toronto actually at minus 133. And then the White Sox at plus 114. 
They opened the total at 9. All right, so they had a little bit more optimism to this being a higher scoring game and the Toronto Blue Jays being a large part in that. But the market has moved back toward the White Sox because now Toronto's just minus 125. The White Sox are plus 108. Total still at 9 with a little bit of juice to the over, minus 114. Under 9 is minus 105. Uh, the run line with Toronto, plus 128. If you want to take the run in the hook with the White Sox, it's minus 152. In Vegas, so the line kind of opened up closer to where I had it, minus 125. I had minus 120. Then the White Sox, plus 105. I had plus 110. And they opened the total at 8.5. This one feels like a game to where I should get involved in, but I just don't know if I'm there to fully commit. So I think I would look at the White Sox for some plus money, but really, do you want to trust them for the full game? That's kind of the issue here. You're at a tough choice because if the White Sox ain't hitting Barrios as a righty, maybe you could get a lefty out of the bullpen. They probably won't. They understand the splits, but you, you understand my point. Maybe you get a different look and the White Sox bats can finally come alive if you give them more chances. Sure. Toronto doesn't have the greatest bullpen, 4.35 ERA and a 1.24 whip. Conversely, what if Lance Lynn has a good outing? You're probably not going to send him that deep in just his second start this year. So then you got to put out the White Sox bullpen earlier than you want to. And this bullpen we know has plenty of issues. They have a 4.25 ERA and a 1.37 whip. And you're giving more opportunity to this Blue Jays offense that at some point can just absolutely burst against you. They can flip that switch immediately. And the more chances they get against an unstable bullpen, the better the advantage goes toward Toronto. So that would have me consider the White Sox in the first five almost. That would be an angle to ponder. As well as that, maybe the under. But, you know, the market's moving toward the over a little bit. That's why I'm like, ah, man, I don't really want to go against that. The first five, the total is five, though, in some spots. That seems a little high for a White Sox team that, again, cannot hit. And Barrios has thrived against the White Sox. So I like the idea of the White Sox in the first five. I kind of like the idea of this being a lower scoring game, maybe more so in the first five, because I don't want to trust these bullpens especially if they're giving you five runs. I'm going to wait to see where this market kind of dissolves to. And by the time I get the rush hour tonight, might have it added as an additional play. 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Make sure you're checking it out, folks. Marquee Sports Network, Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, VEASAN.com, and the VEASAN app, and iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts available. All right, I'm sorry I kind of gave you more leans and bets, but I'll give you a bet here. There is a game I like tonight. This one's out on the West Coast. You've got the Angels and the Royals. Los Angeles opened up minus a buck 85. Kansas City plus 155 with a total at eight and the hook. Why do I like this game? Well, I like fading Bubich. We did that last week against the Giants. We had to sweat out that run line, but it came through, and the Southpaw is taking the bump again. And if you don't know why we fade him, here's why. He's 0 4 with an 8.36 ERA, a 5.66 FIP, a 1.89 whip, a 17% home run to fly ball ratio, a 3.45 Babbitt. He's walking 5.8 guys per nine innings in a Sierra of 5.23. Awful. Take it a step further. On the road, he's got a 9.72 ERA 
a 428 weighted on base average and a 517 FIP. The guy ain't trustworthy. He did okay actually at San Francisco, but we still fortunately enough were able to win that bet. So yeah, a uh, big fortunate there with the uh, late inning surge from the Giants after the bullpen blown it a little bit. But hey, we'll take what we can get and we're hoping we can get another bad performance out of Bubich not that his last one was but primarily all his other ones and hopefully we can get a stable Noah Syndergaard he's kind of wronged me this season but he seems to have been picking it up as of late and especially at home Syndergaard's got a 148 ERA at home a 234 Woba a 343 fit overall his numbers are fine four and five three five three ERA 372 FIP 1.18 whip but a 4.39 Sierra. I think that has a lot to do with the struggles on the road. So look at those home and road splits with Syndergaard. And Kansas City against righties, nothing to write home about. 90 WRC+, 294 WOBA, 288 BABIP, and an OPS of 664. The Angels, conversely, versus lefties. They actually aren't the best against Southpaws overall, but their numbers increase a healthy amount when they're going against Southpaws at home. Where then they have an OPS of 705, a BABIP of 323, very good, a WOBA of 312, and a WRC plus of 103. So those are fairly solid numbers at home versus lefties. And if there's a lefty you could crush, you gotta think it could be Bubich with the Royals. And plus, the Royals' ERA in their bullpen is 461. I think that's fourth worst. And then their whip is dead last at 1.50. Now, I've been very critical of the Angels' bullpen in the past, especially when Madden was manager. They've picked it up a little bit. I mean, 3.97 ERA and a whip of 1.16. So what do you do for this game? Well, you figure after seeing those numbers, the Angels are going to be a big favorite. We told you they opened minus 185. And at Bet Rivers, they've moved up to minus 205, and the Royals plus 170. Yeah, you probably already know what I'm going to say. It's run line o'clock. Angels on the run line. I snagged it at a different outlet about plus 110. But the Angels on the run line at Bed Rivers currently are plus 106 at about 11.15 a.m. Central Time. I like this angle with the Angels. Trout, his best month is in June. He's been picking it up as of late. Dominate Boobage tonight, my man. If you get a total bases prop with Trout, I haven't seen it yet. I'm sure it's going to be juiced heavily to the over. And rarely do I bet those. But... It seemed like it would be a good opportunity tonight. Rendon being out for, what, the rest of the season? Bummer for this Angels team. I mean, a team that also can't really catch a break. But this is your time to catch that break against Bubich and the Royals. I am expecting a big performance out of them. They should have one. On paper, they should, right? Cindergaard, just have a quality outing, my man. Come on. Wind's blown out 10 miles per hour. Hot day could be a very high-scoring game. wonder what the uh, team total for the Angels is. Let me take a peek really quick. Four and a half. The over minus 132. Interesting. Interesting. I could see the Angels getting about six in this game. Let's get a six to two ball game. What do you say, Angels? So count me in. Angels run line. Some plus money. Check it out. It's really the one play I like in baseball enough to bet right now. 
And hey, if you want to bet it or bet any other game for that matter, remember that Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook invites you to add some variety to your baseball bets with new same game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props to create your perfect Bet Rivers combination. Whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites or make your own long shot, you can add a little extra spice to your game with same game parlays at the Bet Rivers online sportsbook. So download the Bet Rivers sportsbook app and make your baseball same game parlays today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Quick break here, folks. Coming back, let's talk some puck. Can our lightning, and I say our lightning because we just need the series to go deep, can they finally pull their weight and make this a fun one, please. We're begging you. We need more content. We need more action. And we want a long Stanley Cup final. We deserve it, folks. Come on, baby. Are they worth the bet? Is anything worth the bet? We'll tell you the lines and much more. Stick around as we wrap up another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Game three of the Stanley Cup Finals. Can the Lightning not make a fool of themselves tonight? 7-0 in game two. My goodness. Good thing I was literally doing anything else besides watching that game. It's tough to kind of watch a game on Saturday night, right? I mean, you want to literally be doing anything else. And thank goodness I was. I mean, 7 nothing. Jeez. If you had Colorado in that game, good for you. Good for you. Sweat-free bet is hard to find in general, let alone in a championship environment. Man. Colorado now goes up 2 nothing. 4-3 in OT in Game 1 and 7-zip in Game 2. Darcy Kemper, now 2-0 in this series, allowed just 3 goals on 39 shots, 92.3% save percentage. Vasilevsky, the guy we are saying would win the Conn Smythe if Tampa Bay wins. That's the correlation. Nope, 0-2. 11 goals allowed, 57 out of 68 shots saved, 84% on his saves. Tampa Bay's been a great home team this playoff. Can they do it again? Colorado is a different animal, let's be honest. They are speedy, they are athletic, and they are hungry to finally win. Is Tampa Bay complacent? I wouldn't say that, no. They want it just as bad as the Avalanche. But you maybe had a thought in the back of your mind that the tank was running empty for Tampa Bay. Colorado sweeping a couple series, not having to go that deep against the Blues, that helps. 
That helps. We talked about rest versus rust for game one. Eh, Tampa Bay almost had that advantage. But after that game one, then you're concerned about Tampa Bay, right? Because it's like that's the game you had to get. I really didn't have hope for them in game two, but I didn't want to root against them or fade them. I didn't like the spot with Colorado with the juice. So now the issue is, does Tampa Bay have enough left? The market, in Vegas at least, had Tampa Bay minus 110 at the opener and Colorado even money. Total was about 6, a little bit more juice to the under, like minus 120 or something. At Bet Rivers, though, they're giving a lot of confidence with Colorado. Not a lot, but enough. They had Colorado minus 127 at the opener. Like the initial very, very early opener. Tampa Bay plus 105, total at 6, over minus 114, under minus 106. Total still at 6, but more juice to the under minus 121. Both games have gone over. Yet the under people are thinking are due. And let's be honest, it might be. Because being at Tampa Bay, Vasilevsky, you're assuming, can have a better performance. And maybe the Avalanche's offense is hindered a tad bit. And conversely, look, Kemper's been good. Tampa Bay's offense has been meh. Probably worse than meh. But Colorado's defense has been solid themselves. So yeah, I kind of I kind of think under six would be the right play here. But by the way, it's pretty much a pick em right now. Colorado's minus 108, Tampa Bay's minus 107. Puck line with Colorado's plus 225. Taking a puck in the hook with Tampa Bay's minus 278. What do you do in this game? Your thought process probably, if it were any other team aside from Colorado, you'd be like, yeah, you're betting Tampa Bay to bounce back. And we did that with the Rangers, basically. And I'm sure a lot of people did. Well, I don't know if we actually bet game three, but we bet them after, on the adjusted series price after game one. You expected a bounce back. This ain't the Rangers, though, folks. This is a team that has been the favorite all year. So despite coming back home, despite having that experience in championship pedigree, it's different this time around. And I even talked about it. I'm like, look, and I was kind of talking about this with Andy McNeil, VEASAN senior NHL analyst. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I want to get involved with the lightning on the adjusted series price. And they were what, like plus 230 after game one. And I'm like, well, I don't really like him in game two per se. I don't think they're going to win, but is it worth to take the value after game two and wait? Or at that point, being down 2-0, is it pretty much like, nah, you're SOL. Like, you could get away with that adjusted price and betting it and relying on them to win against the Rangers, but not against Colorado. And he was thinking the same thing. He's like, yeah, it's a little bit different than the Rangers. But let's see where that value's at. It's 5-1. to one. Wow, I thought it would be more like plus 425 or something. Five to one makes it tempting. I'm not going to lie. Like to just throw a little bit of pizza money on it. Minus 670 for the Avalanche. Do I think Tampa Bay will end up winning? No, but I just hope they make it a series. Over five and a half games, by the way, is now plus 117. Colorado to cover a game and a half, minus 360. Under five and a half games, minus 148. Under four and a half games is plus 220. Colorado to cover two and a half games, that's minus 148. Series correct score. Avalanche to sweep, plus 220. Under four and a half games is plus 220. You're good there. 
Um, Colorado to win in five is also plus 220. Colorado to win in six is plus 450. To win in seven is plus 650. Tampa Bay to win in six, 14 to one. Tampa Bay to win in seven, plus 850. Well, at that point, if you're betting Tampa Bay to win the series, don't just do the five to one. Wouldn't you just do the 14 to one in the plus 850? If you're that confident in Tampa Bay, for sure you would do that. That's way better value on both. Because say you're throwing up 100 bucks in this example on all these bets. So 100 on the 5 to 1 overall series. Okay, cool. You win 500 bucks. All right. And then if you're doing 100 on the 14 to 1 and plus 850, then you'd get 1400 minus the 100 you invested in the plus 850. You win 1300 bucks. Wow, that's a lot more than 500. Okay, what if the Tampa Bay to win in seven caches? All right. Well, then you win 850 bucks, you minus the 100, and guess what? That is $750, still more than the 5 to 1. There's your better value if, and it's a big if, if you like Tampa Bay enough to win. So, yes, if you want to do Tampa Bay, please do that instead. But the issue, of course, then, assuming that realistically they lose, yes, you're investing more money into the two bets. And realistically, they're probably not going to hit because Colorado's going to win. But this is for the people who are just gung-ho on Tampa Bay. If there's anyone still out there, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's more of an investment, but more of a payout if it comes through. So determine which one's worth it for you if you want to get involved in that side. I don't think I do right now. I don't think I do. Let's see what happens after this game. Um, if there's any angle I would bet, man, if I'm looking at, I'm thinking Tampa Bay will at least get one. I kind of think, I don't want this to happen, but I feel like Tampa Bay may lose tonight and then win game four and then Colorado ends up winning in five. I could see that. That's plus 220, remember? Or you could do still the avalanche minus two and a half games at minus 148. Do you want to lay that price though? If I hadn't bet anything, I'd probably do that, honestly. Is there any chance the Avalanche choke here? Do you think that can happen? I don't know, man. Darcy Kemper's looking good. They're just outplaying Tampa Bay, plain and simple. They are showing they are the hungrier team right now. They're showing they have more opportunities, more strength, more speed. More electricity, I guess to put it simply, on the ice in Tampa Bay right now. The young and hungry team. Maybe not young, but it's just like, I don't know, when you have like, it's almost like a team that has nothing to lose type of playing because they're just going fully out. It can kill you in all facets. And you know what? A lot of people, including myself, looking at Tampa Bay, I and I get it, it's still technically early, but like, you figure that Vasilevsky would be better, like game two is inexcusable, but the defense for Tampa Bay has got to be better. You got to limit the giveaways, and when you get the power play opportunities, my goodness, take advantage of them. You got to get this game to have any chance. You can't win game four and have a chance. You're screwed. Then it's going to end in five. Tampa Bay has to win this game. I don't know if they do. I'm not betting on it that they do. My first thought process would be to do that. But man, 
if they lose this game, will I bet? Uh, would I bet them in game four? Um, it depends what the price is because you would think at that point maybe it's interesting. Like if if Colorado wins this game, are they just going to be a somewhat decent favorite for game four? And if that's the case, and you're giving me plus money with Tampa Bay, I would be more tempted to do so. But for this game specifically, yeah, I'm 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 kind of thinking it's a lower scoring game, and I do give the slight advantage to Colorado. I'll be rooting for Tampa Bay. I know Andy McNeil's got some props that he's betting, so make sure you're checking out Vison throughout the day if you want any other kind of extracurricular action. Haven't done too many props. Don't know if I will tonight. It's been a it's been a little bit wonky for me this series. Like in the sense of I just don't have that great of a read, I feel like. We'll talk about it more on Rush Hour, though. See if anything else pops up that I like. But tough outlook for Tampa right now, folks. Let's hope we can get a win tonight. If you want to hedge out of whatever bet you may have and you need a reason or a way to look about it, you can reach out to me at Danny Burke 5. We'll kind of think through it together. But, you know, this game obviously is the biggest one. Will there be a little bit of complacency with Colorado? I doubt it. Will the urgency finally be there with Tampa Bay? Will the crowd be there to rally them? I don't know. I saw someone on Twitter saying, ah, oh, there's still seats available. You know, maybe they're content, the fan base. They won the past two. They're down 2-0. You're not as hungry for it as a fan to pay that much to get there. I don't know. We'll see. Let me know what you're betting for the game, though. Like I said, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Hopefully, we get more for you on Rush Hour tonight. But, yeah, the official play I got for you, folks. Angels on the run line. That's what we're rocking with. And best luck with anything you're playing, including that. Hopefully, we can get you a winner. And hopefully, we can get you more consistent action this week. Because, like I said, we'll be getting deeper into football. Um, I was on Rush Hour, in case you missed it. I was looking into NL Rookie of the Year. I know I briefly touched on it on Friday. I might revisit that tomorrow. If I didn't, I can't because I know I talked about Morrell, but I don't know if I talked about the two other guys. So might revisit that very briefly. And then we'll start looking at some football, baby. And we got Bulls rumors coming about now. I'm hoping we get some good action with the Bulls. We got the draft coming up. Will they keep their pick? Will they trade it? I think they should trade it. Can explain more so why tomorrow. But until then, folks, take care. Best of luck. Enjoy the games tonight. We'll catch you manana.